welcome back to another daily walk. Well, today I want to talk a little bit about the idea of what should a church be as far as its size and should we be working towards building these giant mega churches or going into the smaller communities? Because this is one of these fundamental questions that we get to have. And as I travel around the country and I see some churches, I see some of the churches I see are just absolutely ungodly garbage. That The fact that anybody goes to that church and thinks it's a place where you can learn about Jesus Christ it is just shows the mass deception involved in most people. Now, there's other large churches I've been to that have been extraordinarily godly and did really, truly, indeed demonstrate godliness. But the point is, is that it's not necessarily the size of the church that makes it sound or not sound. Although, as a cross-section, if you were to grab all of the churches in the world, divide them up by their membership numbers, and look at uh, maybe a ratios or percentages, look at some factor that allows you to adjust for the fact there's probably going to be more smaller churches than larger churches. Looking at their theology and how they align themselves with the scriptures, smaller churches, by and large, follow the Bible more closely than larger churches. But what has happened is there's this trend that has happened in the recent, uh, I'd say since the 1980s and the church growth movement has really been, been building on where churches think that the size is the indication of how blessed they are of a ministry and that if a church isn't growing, it's absolutely not a place where you're going to learn about God. And that is simply not the case. Now, I'm thinking recently, uh, go back in, into history, and um, Moody, for example, um, Dwight Moody, who founded, of course, Moody Church, well, that, of course, is a large church because it's in the middle of a city, and most churches in a city tend to be a little bit larger. You know, I was in, um, I was in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I went to First Church in Spartanburg. And that church is very large because it's in the middle of a large city, but it was very biblically sound. I'm sure that there's also larger churches uh, in that city that are not as biblically sound. So the size of the church doesn't necessarily indicate how good it is. However, what I want to mention is that Moody, when they were establishing their churches, you know, hundreds of years ago, when their church got large enough, they would intentionally split it because they recognized that it is impossible for a pastor to really minister to the needs of all of the people in there. Now, some of the churches have dealt with this by creating, you know, other pastors, or even worse, they go into the small group model, which the small group model in itself, of itself is good, except for the fact that in the modern incarnation, we don't have a small group leader who has a pastoral role. We have a person who's simply a facilitator. Some other guy somewhere else put together DVD curricula. They all come in and the facilitator's pretty much just the guy who has the workbook and leads everybody through the workbook. And that does not help one grow in Christ by and large. Now, you can get those curriculum, and if they're good and study them personally, I think that there is some value to them. But as far as a small group curriculum, your group needs to be getting into the Bible itself, reading through it without necessarily the aids of other people, because you guys need to learn how to go through it and process it. Everybody needs to do that for themselves. And a, a group setting where 
the leader of the group, not a facilitator, but a leader takes the time to study the scripture and then goes on into it, you learn a whole lot more. Or another option that I do, I do some one-on-one Bible studies where both of us right now are studying the same scriptures. And then we come together and we will go verse by verse over the entire chapter and talk about basically our own. So we're basically leading a Bible study for each other. And it's extraordinarily profitable in how we're doing this because we get to have two people who have seriously digested the words without any. Uh, external help and then get in there and explain it. Well, that's really what you need. But then what happens though is in our modern age with the church growth age is they think we all need to focus our resources to build bigger churches. And so what's happening is smaller rural churches across the, the world are in decline. They're closing down. And I was reading an article about this topic in World Magazine recently talking about some of the famous small community churches that went through and they're all basically closing down because everybody's moving into the city churches, which a lot of them by and large are not necessarily sound. And so we're losing the local resources where individual people have access to a pastor and you get a chance to to work with a spiritually mature person directly. Well, we're losing that. Now, I was at an Elevation Church not too long ago, and the Elevation Church, by and large, is godless. I go in there, and there is no official pastor. Now, they have a pastor of worship experience, which is a female, so we're already violating what the scripture would tell us as far as a pastor, and there's no access to a pastor here. You go in there, and it's a rock concert, and then they beam in uh, the the central ministry god of Furtick, and um, God then speaks to everybody in all these different cities. They don't even have a church in the city. They got one church in one place that's broadcasting it to all these other places. And there's no lead person there to take the accountability. And it becomes a godless mess. Where do you go when you have problems? Oh, well, we ha- that's why we have our small groups. I'm sorry, your small group is not being led by a pastor who spends their, their life under the study and the pursuit of the scriptures. And that's what we need. So this trend of moving out of the smaller churches and then these mega churches are coming in, they're putting on entertainment more than they are godliness, but people are attracted to this type of stuff. And so what happens is they go out, they're all leaving the smaller churches, the smaller churches have to close down. Now we're losing the ability to even go back to a church that's biblically sound. This is a giant dupe. And I encourage you, if you are in one of these large places, leave immediately. And find a small church where you can one-on-one with the pastor if you need to. Where it's not a huge show. It's opening the Bible daily and reading it and digesting it. Not pop trends about how to be a better person, but let's open up the book of Judges and see what's actually going on in Israel's history. Let's actually open up the Gospels and read entire portions of them, not a letter, you know, a a verse here and there, and then do a pop psychology message on it. That is what I have seen by and large in most of the large churches. Okay, we need to leave that. We need to leave that model behind and seek out the small churches and grow those small churches and keep those small churches alive because that is where Christ will be found. That is where Christ will be found. 
Now, I, I wanted to bring this up. This has been on my mind because one of the local Presbyterian churches, they're actually operating under the old model, which is awesome. So there's a church in State College that they've gotten big enough that they're like, we're too big for our pastoral staff of, you know, one or two people or two or three. I don't know how many people are there. I don't go there. Um, but they're like, we are too big. So what they're doing is they're splitting their church in half. Now, every time people hear about a church split, they're like, the American trend. If I just said they're splitting half, they're like, oh, what happened? Oh, that's bad. No, it's good. They're splitting their church in half. These guys are going over and they're actually buying an old building that was an old church that had died, that there's like one or two family members left that's still in town. They're opening it up in the same denomination. So those members of that dying church will now join a thriving church that just split. And now that uh, they've split, what they're doing is they're doubling now their resources. By the way, if you look in the scriptures, that's exactly the model the church is supposed to do. We're not supposed to be so gathered around that people don't have a place to go to get some experience. They don't have a place that's so large you're reliant on lay people in the church to open their homes and pop in a DVD curriculum that nobody has looked at yet. That's not the godly way of doing things. Okay, what instead we need to do is when our churches get so large that one or two people can't manage it, you're supposed to split. You're supposed to have a small sleeper cell model because if now one of these churches falls into false doctrine, which happens more often than you think, the other church is isolated from that. Churches should be small, not large. If you find yourself in a large mega church, open up your scriptures and see if they are actually being followed. Not, oh, they put a message, they put a verse up there and talked about this really heartwarming message about how to be a better person and quoted from a scripture. That's called isogesis. That's looking for a meaning where it probably isn't found. If they're not opening these scriptures widely and digging into them in a far deep way, that is a problem. You need to leave that church and find a church that is actually opening the scriptures. We'll go ahead and leave this one here today. Uh, but the, later on this week, on, on Thursday this week, we're going to be talking about the services, the religious trends, the things which are offensive to God from Isaiah. We're going to have a look at these later on this week. So come on back for the Thursday live stream at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we'll go ahead and look at those. So thanks for watching, and I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com. <laughs>